0: Hello there. My name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishing, films and facts.co.uk. Day ticket stillwater course fisheries are a common feature dotted around Britain's countryside these days. Some are purpose made, while others are pre existing or adapted. Consequently, there is stiff competition between fisheries for business, which obviously is good news for anglers whose participation they are all trying to attract. So, the better the fishery in terms of ticking all the necessary boxes, which will differ from angler to angler in terms of appeal and ability to deliver, the more business the fishery potentially draws in. Fast making a name for itself, not only in Lancashire, but nationwide too, is Highfield Fishery at Hambleton near Portland filed just outside Blackpool. And stood beside me here outside the fishery office waiting to be grilled is Highfield manager George Wilson. Judging by the fishery's appeal, Obviously, you're doing something very right. In a nutshell then, what is it, in your opinion, that sets high-field fishery apart from the competition?
1: What I would say is, you look at most commercial fisheries all over the country, not just only in the northwest. they're not run by anglers. This fishery's run by anglers. And we know what anglers' needs are. I mean, I've been in the game over 30 years. I've been fishing tattle shops and what have you. And the place is strict but fair our motto is it's not just another fishery you come on our place and you drive in and the place is beautiful uh, we've been in the game as long as they have done and what anglers are like I mean even the white we come across them every day for the last 30 years and I don't know what they're like they need to be organised you can come on this place any time after matches at weekend you won't pick handful of litter up I just don't tolerate it and if I find you litter you don't come on again and That's what, I mean, what I've done this year. I banned two people this year, and that's I, I might have banned three or four in the in all the years we've been open, because word gets about, and they know that if they don't behave themselves, and you've only got to look around, look around the fishery, all the pegs are properly done. There's pass to every peg. A big uh, comment you get off anglers in the winter time is they end up with all the gear full of crap, all the car full of crap. You come on here in your trainers in the winter, from when getting out of your car in, in the car park to getting to your peg, you can wear trainers. You just don't get them mucked up at all. That's one of the major things, I think, uh, why we're so popular. You know, you come in here and the place is beautiful. It's not only good fishing, but the surroundings are good as well. The, uh, we're talking about, the hide we got some eyed just to try them on Beats Lake probably three years ago, just maybe a bit more than three years ago, when we bought 300. And uh, they proved such a success. Anybody that coast fishes will know that uh, roach that are caught on numerous occasions end up with bad mouths, uh, with them being soft. But these eyed, they're so tough. These eyed, they get caught week after week after week. And they're in Tavadona amongst them. You know, there's no turd lips or anything. And they do. We found it in here. They breed like anything. We had such a success of them in that first year that when I changed it over from um, a carp lake to a a coarse lake, we bought 6,000 of them. And we've never looked back. We've been going, well, they've been in, probably this is the third season they've been in oak, and it's just starting to stabilise carp anglers against the hide anglers because for the last three years they've been in virtually 95% of all the matches have been won with hide. and there is the same amount of carping
0: as what there is at hard, if not even more Before we press on into the finer detail of the fishery its fishing and of course its fish I'd first like to take a step back in time Your internet publicity says that the fishery first opened its doors to the public back in July 2003 So what was here prior to that date?
1: What it was, prior to that day, they um, used to grow vegetables on the farm here. We put planning permission in, we had to wait 18 months because there was a little pond down here and um, we eventually had to go to Landscape in Preston to do a Great Crested Mute survey and that put us back, we put planning permission in to have one big lake but they wouldn't let us have one big lake because they said the water course was too big but we could have three. So we put one in each field, but what we thought we would do right from the beginning, we, we would have beach as the match lake, we would have oak as the specimen lake, and we'd have ash as a silverfish lake. Went all right for the first three or four years, but we found with uh, with the carp anglers we were dearer than anybody else. We had some beautiful fish, lot a lot of fish over twenties in, but found that carp anglers, they're a specimen on their own. The wacky or it's uh, cans of ale. And you know what, goes fishing doesn't go together with ale. I ended up regulating it to two mates coming, if I didn't know them, because uh, you get three or four on, mates on here, and with a booze up, I can't control three or four. So in the end, we, we didn't get hassle, we got we got a load of lads saying that this big lake could be a brilliant coast water. And in the event, we thought, right, well, we found a buyer for all the carp and ended up selling them at the back end. And over the winter where we were closed, because we closed Christmas Eve to um, first of March, I put 40 platforms on it and uh, it's gone from success to success.
0: So who designed the original layout and whose concept
1: was it? Well, Stephen Pears, who owns the place, and me, I mean, I've known Stephen 30 years. And when we saw the tassel shops, I was supposed to win in semi-retirement, that'd be like 10 years ago. And uh, I went to America, and when I came back for a bit, I come back and he phoned me up and he says, I've just bought a farm, George, over at Ambleton, I want you to come on and we'll get some, some designs done, I want you to run the fishery. So we both put our ideas together. You can see what it is now, I mean, one of the lads we brought on board with us, you've just seen, he's just gone in there now, John. He works for Lancashire County Council landscape gardener and you can see by looking at the place how it's been developed you know how it's been developed over the years and we've not finished yet we've got loads of things in the pipelines i mean over on ash lake at the moment we've redesigned that we've cut the top off the lake and uh, we've put cabins on log cabins to purchase so we've knocked it down from 25 pegs to 20. but that over there the lake over there is absolutely
0: beautiful what then are the actual surface areas, depths and dimensions of the three lakes? Well, being a f- coast fisherman myself and knowing
1: stocking patterns and how, how many fish you want in the water and what have you, we've done maximum depth on any of them is only five foot. Because if you put ten foot, you need ten foot of fish. So it, invariably all, all the margins are between two and three foot and down the channels is five foot. And that's virtually everywhere. On beach, we designed it as a canal with a ledge both sides and uh, a main track. Ash, very similar, but we made bays on it so the old boys that fish with uh, waggler rods or tip rods could use them. This one, we've adapted it from being a specimen lake, but uh, it's worked really well, really well. Quite a major project then. So how was it actually constructed? We hired a guy from the bottom of the lane here, a friend of Stevens that's a ground worker and uh, we had what did we have? We had uh, a bulldozer and two IMAX and uh, we was lucky that we ended up we didn't take anything off the place any clay or whatever, the soil most of the soil that we didn't use is all banked round with all these banks is what we took out, you know and uh, we filled a big hole in the field over there with the clay that we took out because it's all clay based And how is it fed? It not up in the sky. You can't believe it's like we started in July, well we started the July previous to dig it out and uh, within the three months of winter from like November all the three lakes filled up with water. So it just shows you how much rainwater we get in the winter time.
0: Not having a spring or a stream feed with its quick volume water top up and turnover how does that affect water quality if at all? Well Let me put it this way, it hasn't
1: affected it at all up to now. I mean, I do uh, spot checks once a week, take readings every week and uh, touch wood, we've had no problems. We have aerators, two aerators on every lake and um, they're on late night, early morning. We're just thinking about investing. There's a new aerator, computer-wise aerator come out, where... um, when oxygen content gets at its lowest, it switches on itself. So really, we could end up saving us a lot of money. I mean, in the summertime, they're on three hours in the, at night and three hours in the morning. And we've done that for the last, well, ever since we've been open. But looking at, at this new one, even though they're a bit dearer, in the long run, we could save a lot of money.
0: They'll come on when, it, when oxygen's needed. What about aquatic vegetation and establishing the margins? Was any specific planting out undertaken or did you just leave it to develop under its own natural character? We planted initially 1,800
1: trees, shrubs, probably 2,000 shrubs, uh, sedges, lilies. I managed to get all them from here, there and everywhere. All the margins we put in, put sedges in, ordinary lilies in, sedge marigolds in, we put all sorts in. Every year there's always something that we're adding We're in the process of making a waterfall for the top of ash and we've virtually nearly planted all that up. But what we're being able to do now is pinch them from here, there and everywhere from the fishery. We've got all at the bottom of oak. Last year we planted like a thousand bluebells. What Stephen wants it to be in time is um, similar
0: to an estate lake. Did he give the invertebrates which are, after all, going to be the main natural food source, any sort of a kickstart through seeding. Or again, as with the aquatic plants, did you just let nature take its course?
1: Leave it to its own devices, yeah. Like I say, I take the pH level every week, and uh, what we do do every year in the wintertime when we're closed, we chalk them all, and that chalk breaks all the crap that's on the bottom. Because, like I say, the way commercial fisheries are, and the stocking levels that you are, they're in there till they die and the shit every day, and the amount of shit that's created, you've got to try to get rid of it and break it up. That's why we, uh, we chalk it every winter, and they've always been done. Touch wood, we've never had any big fatalities that uh, a lot of fisheries have. I mean, most fisheries that you see, they don't even have aerators on.
0: When you say chalk, do you mean lime, which is the method I'm familiar with? Yeah, it's a chalk lime. It's not as severe as lime. Can that be done with the water in, or do we need to drain the lakes to apply it to the base? No, that's when the water's in, when the water's in. Back in my fish farming days, we used to drain all our holding ponds in rotation every year to lime the base for hygiene purposes. Well, we had stock ponds over there years ago, and
1: uh, what we did when we'd add fish in, we'd take the water out, take the fish out, chalk it, then put the water back in and put fish back in.
0: What about auxiliary feeding over the winter months when natural food becomes more scarce, or does the input from anglers work as a substitute for that?
1: Yeah, well, what I do at this time of the year, in in the next month, I've just ordered a load of medicated pellets. What I do just after spawning, they all get a course of medicated pellets over probably two to three weeks, I feed them when there's nobody here. And um, in the winter time, they do get fed but usually once a week, you know, when we close, which is from December to March.
0: Going back to the fishery itself now, when you first started off, the original concept was for a mix of carp fishing, match fishing and pleasure fishing. That emphasis has now changed with the switch from the specimen side of things to more pleasure and match-based fishing. So tell us a bit about the thinking and the implementation behind that. Well, what
1: it was, the thinking behind it, we only had eight pegs on oak a um, lot, a lot of room and uh, we found out, we did a bit of a survey and found out if we put 42 pegs on it, the amount of money we'd get off that with all the food that it creates, all the bait that it creates, compared to most carp lads bring everything with them, send the bivy, whatever. I mean it cost us thousands of pounds to put camera security on for the carp lads at night. So we just took that view that we'll have a go. And um, what it it was at the time I think it got to the stage where most of these carp lads 20s are no good for you anymore and they're looking and racing for 30s and like we um, had a word with people that sell big carp and we were advised not to put big fish in we put two fish in in both in 30s the second year it was open and they both lasted 9 weeks one got caught about eight times and the other never got caught. They both died the same week. And You know, you were talking nearly £4,000 just threw up the drain.
0: And But these lads, these carp, they won't wait. With hindsight now available to you, in terms of making the switch from carp to the more general fishing, has that turned out to be as big a success as anticipated?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely a good success. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What we're getting now, we're getting a lot
1: of hassle off the open... Match scene that love this lake, whereas most of the clubs that uh, our kind of fisheries rely on, all the clubs want to go on. And it's like we are 42 pegs on it, and usually our open scene we get 20 25 anglers on. And really, you know, we're running a business, we can put two clubs on it, so they're not too pleased about what's happened. But we're from now on, from the middle of April, we're busy right through till the end of November. I mean, virtually 95% of next year's boot and more than 60% of 2013's boot.
0: Moving on to the fishery management side of things now, what can you tell us about yourself and Stephen, the owner?
1: Well, I've been in the game for 30 years. I've had two tattle shops running simultaneously. The wife used to run one in Cleavers, I had one in Accrington. So I think I've had a lot of 30 years' knowledge Stephen, who owns the place, Stephen Pearce, he's been an angler, I've known Stephen for over 30 years. He uh, was on this scene in Denmark for years. Very, very good bream angler. And uh, since we've made it to carp fishery and what have you, he ate some. <laughs> but it's what people want. I mean, we've filled it, there's a lot, a lot of bream in. But the lads, even after all this time, 10, 15 years, which you think it would have died a death, this carp fishing, but it certainly hasn't. They want the carp, and as many as they can get.
0: I read in the press recently that currently, most specimen and record course fish over a wide range of species are now being caught mainly by carp anglers, fishing high-protein baits on bolt rigs. In other words, sitting back and letting the fish hook themselves. And as a result, many of the more traditional skills, such as float fishing, are fast becoming lost, which is a pity. So it's important then that fisheries like yourselves, which encourage anglers back to more skilful techniques, thrive if we're not to become a nation ruled by lazy self hooking rigs. What will your take be on that?
1: I just do agree with it. What my saying on it is that when you're fishing on the tip that uh, if it's used a feeder or a bomb, it's got to run from here to Preston. In, in my words, you know, there's no fixed rigs or nothing. It's just um, it's too easy, too easy. But not only that, a lot, a lot of pleasure anglers that come, if they're all as as knowledgeable as what I am or the lads that work for me, they know what to do. But a lot of pleasure anglers that that come along um, don't really know what they're doing. And uh, if all the rigs and the lines and the reels are not set up right, you get your snap off and you've got a weight running around with the fish. With a weight around its gob. I find fish on here, even fish that are a pound, pound and a half. We feed us stuck to them. We bought rigs. And they usually lose me rag. Big time, when it happens.
0: I'm a sea angler, yet even I can see it's no good for the sport. But... No, it's not good for the sport. No, no, no. All these new fangled bloody things, that,
1: ideas that they're coming out with now, especially the top matchmen, I just don't wear it. I mean, I don't like a splash waggler. I just don't know where they. Why they can't sit down and use normal baits, it's all about winning. And they'll go to any extent just to win. No more fashion in that way, if, if that's what you class it as.
0: Can we now turn our attention to the lakes themselves, taking a look at each in turn? In particular, what each contains, differences in the way each might fish, and how to go about getting the best out of each in terms of tactics and baits. Well first of all beach they're really
1: all the three of them they're very very similar Um, through the summer months sweet corn pellet paste is very good Uh, you can use maggots but you you tend on all of them to get bitted out with small fish the same on oak with having a big uh, head of hide on the matchmen catch them mostly up in the water on caster but I've ended up having to put a bait limit on it because some lads were buying matches and I put a limit on now hour of five pints. But some of the lads in the summertime run out with an hour to go. But they've only pounded in the net. That is the method. Most of the pleasure lads at uh, the older end tend to go on ash, which has virtually every species in. We've got cruisings to a pound and a half, tench to two pound, barbel to probably four, skimmer bream to three. We have carp, commons and mirrors to ten. Especially, the, the, I can't believe not beet, but ash and oak for the last two, three seasons with bred carp and this carp come through, which I think is unusual for up in the northwest of England. You don't tend to get enough days, warm days, for carp to breed.
0: So in light of the degree of match fishing now taking place at Highfield, has it become something of a specialist pole fishery? I wouldn't say that, no. I mean...
1: Most lads now have a pole, and if you look at it, it's the technique of pole fishing is a lot, lot better than rod and line. But you can do any method on here, and catch any method. You want to, some of the older end come and they tip fish, you catch fish on the tip, on the float, on rod and line, as well as pole. It's more often than the,
0: the matchmen that are all pole and rotated. As a non-course angler myself, for me, it's the eye that sets high- field fishery apart from the rest. The counter to that is that many anglers catching them may not even recognize them for what they are, thinking they're catching roach. So let's talk a little bit about what they are, why you introduce them in the first place, and what, if anything, makes them so special.
1: Well, I remember catching them years and years ago when we went to uh, Holland, and uh, the condition of the fish and how hardy they are. We just thought, well, let's just take a few and just see how they come on. And we bought 300 and put them in beach. They tended to be fairly, fairly easy to catch. And uh, we looked after, uh, over that first year, noticed that they were still in the same condition as when we put them in, even though they'd got caught numerous times. And that's what we thought we'd do uh, with oak when we first made it um, a coarse lake from being a specimen lake. We thought well we'll put five thousand in and just see how they go to compete with the carp and they've never looked back never looked back I mean we didn't talk on this until the Easter of 2006 and we had a, a three day festival on it and the first day there was eye caught on every peg and like I say ever since then there's a lot a lot of people come for it there's a lot of fisheries that have a few of them in but uh, don't think there's anybody in the northwest got them to the same amount that we have
0: to finish things off can we now take a closer look at the fishery rules on your website you say and I quote some may find our rules a little on the harsh side but our ultimate aim is the conservation of the fishery and the maintenance of a healthy fish stock some of these rules are obvious and need no detailed examination others however are worth taking a closer look at in terms of their implementation and their implications can we then work through the list in a little more detail The first one being barbless hooks only.
1: Yeah, there's got to be barbless hooks. I don't care what anybody says, hooks damage fish. And I'm a real stickler. You don't get a second chance. If I walk round and I go in my jump like that, I say, please leave the place. Barbless hooks are nothing.
0: You've also got a maximum hook size as well, set at
1: 12. 12's enough for anything, right up to double figure fish. You know, you start going into tens and eights and sixes. I mean I can remember Green greenhouse years and years ago when he used to come in the shop and we're to hoops. They were getting big size twos, taking the barb off. And fair looking fish. And that's that's why we said twelves is is a hoop big enough for anybody. The next one is floating baits. I won't allow no floating baits or a floating pole. So what exactly is a floating pole? A floating pole, it can be any pole that they just lie on top of the water with a piece of line 18 inches and just sit there on top of the water with it, just light on the water and just keep feeding pellets at it like that, till it goes off.
0: Speaking of pellets, it's high field pellets only, which obviously must be available on site.
1: Yeah, we allow you to use your own hookers, but on feeding pellets, I want to know what's going in in quantity.
0: Fishing from designated swims is self-explanatory, so the next on the list is no braided limes. I found out even
1: when we had it as a specimen lake, I would not allow braided outlands because um, the way the carp turn and twist, you, the, the mouths just get ripped to shreds.
0: Ground bait feeder and cope only to a maximum of half a kilo.
1: We put that in because uh, I don't like a lot of ground bait going in it, in a water anyway, and we found out since we've been open that really ground bait doesn't work. Pellets work as good, if not better.
0: What about no cat meat?
1: totally hate, that stuff. It's disgusting. Anything that's not eaten, all that shit's on the bottom.
0: All nets to be dipped is self-explanatory, but only keep nets provided by the fishery may be used in matches.
1: That's it. Everybody forgets what to do. They'll go fishing on a Saturday, come here on a Sunday, leave the net in the bag overnight. It breeds stuff so all our keep nets are put on the pegs and I take them off the pegs. All they have to do is put the fish in them. So they've lasted two, maybe three times longer than what they would normally. I've seen it in the past on other fisheries we've been where you used to all put them on a pile. Nobody gives them monkeys. When they're not yours, they just throw them about all over the place. But ours have lasted years.
0: No nut baits?
1: No. The thing being, it's like with tiger nuts. If everybody knew what they were doing it would be alright, but lads that don't know, fish with tiger nuts, they swell the stomach up and that's it, they're could
0: No litter and no exceptions as before oh. says it's own thing. So we're on to the one now that I mentioned earlier, fixed rigs. Apparently you don't allow these in any form.
1: No fixed rigs, at all, no, it's got to run from here to Preston.
0: No trout pellets?
1: No, too oily.
0: Keep nets in matches only needs no further explanation. But what's this one about no tins on the complex?
1: No tins on complex. I mean, we sell sweet corn in a tin, but we take it out. There's no tins on the place. I find enough in winter when they're thrown in a bloody under a bush or wherever, you know.
0: Highfield staff only to weigh in at matches.
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah, we, we're the only people that touch the fish. No rolling fish down the net, nothing. Fisher got out and placed into a net.
0: And you don't allow dogs on the site either?
1: No, I don't allow. It. I have my own dog. And she comes on here when I'm, when it's all closed at night. I've done enough of that, pushing my pole through dog crap on the canal. So we don't allow them, none at all.
0: Rod's not to be left unattended?
1: No, no, no. You can't with, with any size of carp. You can't walk away, go to toilet whatever and leave your rod in because they'll take it in.
0: Now this is one you are going to have to explain, because in my sea angling background it means absolutely nothing to me. Though, in fairness, you did mention it in passing earlier. No splash wagglers. What's a splash waggler? Right, a splash waggler is similar to a, a thick peacock waggler,
1: but what they have, it has a flat top on it, and um, it, as you know, can't come to noise. It's the, when it hits the water, it slaps it like that. And what tends to happen on the big water, where you've got a lot of room, all you're doing is pushing the fish further out. You've got two or three lads doing it, and he'll get he'll go another ten yard further on. And all you're doing, where you get a majority of people that come on your water, like to fish margins, there's no fish there, because they're all out there. It's just a new innovation that uh, I don't want on the water.
0: All fish to be landed using a net speaks for itself which leaves us with the under-16s only allowed on if accompanied by an adult. Yeah, we are very, very strict on that. I won't allow them. Won't allow them.
1: We can't get insurance for one thing. And you see fisheries that let kids, they're asking for accidents to happen. And uh, you have no insurance for them.
0: Finally, what about shameless self-promotion? Stuff like contact information and the like. We
1: don't do any advertising as such. We have a brochure that all, well, there's probably 10 tattle shops in the area that want our brochures. Uh, lads now are coming as far as the other side of Manchester, clubs that take our leaflets with them. And that's how we found out, word of mouth is the best thing in fishing, the best thing. I mean, you can, lads from here, I remember when you used to go down on the Seven and the trend years ago, and lads will tell you where to go, where's the best place. And that's what we... You know, we've done. Yeah, I mean, when, when we had the shops, I was the same with advertising. I said, if you can guarantee me it will make me money, I'll pay you. But you can't guarantee it. Word of mouth.
0: But you do have a website. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's
1: updated as good as it should be, simply because with me being at the older end, I'm not quite savvy, if you will. But uh, we do have
0: one or two of the lads that keep it fairly good. Having listened to all the reason-thinking behind why high-field fishery is operated in the way it is, and having seen at first-hand its undoubted popularity, I will be very surprised if in the future, more fishery owners don't start sending out spies with a view to mirroring some of what you've got. Whether or not they all choose to go down the non-specimen and eyed route is another matter. As a trained fishery biologist, it all makes very good sense to me. My thanks then to George Wilson for giving us the audio-guided tour of the fishery. Something which I'm certain a lot of course anglers will have views on when they listen to it